You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast. I'm your host, Pokes, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Chapman. Pokes, it's good to be here. Uh, I enjoy doing this podcast. I'm giving you this kind of intro because what I want to do is I want to match uh, the tone and set the bar for this episode. Uh, so I want this intro to be um, not too over the top, but also not a complete failure of a joke. Just something right in the middle that doesn't really excite you one way or the other. Well, I've got good news for you. Yes. I am not excited. Fantastic. My uh, my hope here is that you simply um, listen with me to the end of this sentence, and along the way you find nothing of importance. All right. I think you're nailing this. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think it's going to be gangbusters for the podcast listeners. <laughs> well... You put me through a movie that had the exact same kind of temperament, so it's my job to give you the exact same experience. I That's do. right, listeners. I am now vengeful. I am angry, and I am bored. <laughs> I will point out, you picked this movie. <laughs> I started watching the first, like, ten minutes, and I was like, hey, this movie was not as bad as I remember. And then I watched 15 minutes, and I was like, hey, this movie is bad. Now I remember. Uh this may be a rare occasion where I—I I mean, I don't think it's bad. I just don't think it's like no, good. No, it's—it's just a—it's weird. It's not a failure. I wouldn't—I wouldn't storm out of the theater. I actually probably wouldn't even rank it the worst MCU film. Honestly, I don't know which one I would give the worst film, but it's not this one. I don't think, but it's definitely near the bottom. Yeah, it's not high up on the list. It's like. Um... It's just like white toast. Not even like with butter on it. It's just white <laughs> toast. Like you eat it and you're like, all right, I got some calories for the day. I didn't enjoy it, but like toast is still good. It's just like, like there's not a lot there. And uh, I was telling Ben, one of my notes though is throughout the movie, I was like, oh, you can, you can almost feel it. Like they've got the Marvel formula but they're like one off on every ingredient. You know, it's like when they tried to like make Coke the first time, not the drug, the drink. Yeah, it's kind of like everyone enjoys uh, the version of Hulk we have in the modern MCU. But and it's like a it's like a good soda. It's like a Dr Pepper, and this is like the, the, that, that dollar store version that you can get, like Professor okay, Fibbs. Real, real quick, first of all, it's <laughs> it's Mister Fib, it's Mister Pib. Second of all, Dr Pepper is not a good soda. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, like I've, the the whole time I was to use a it, different example, it's like when you go to a a discount store and instead of getting Lucky Charms, there's just like uh, uh, fortune clovers. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just like yeah. a, like a, just a slight a slight variant. And honestly, when you eat it, you're not mad. You haven't been it was cheap. fouled. You know, it was cheap. You know, you knew what you're yeah, getting you, into. It, it came in a bag. It cut up the whole box part that seems frankly frivolous. It just went straight to what you need, but. When you really line them up together, you know, one's better than the other. And we it's, all know it. It's also sort of like if you bought that cereal and, like, right before the cereal you had was, like, an imitation version of Bran Flakes. So it's, like, not even, like, Bran Flakes are kind of gross, but it's, like, the shitty version. Because I feel like sure. this movie is better just because of the first one, Ang Lee's Hulk, is so bad. If That's you guys true. don't remember, we did it. We watched it for this uh, podcast. You can go back and listen to it. It's a good episode. It's a horrible movie, though. It's really boring. I mean, like, really boring. And, like, the only true fight scene in it is him beating up a mutant poodle for a little bit. Yeah, it's a very boring movie. 
there's lots of him like wandering in caves, which I'm, unfortunately I got a little glimpse of in this one. <laughs> yeah, so a weird cave scene. Uh, I at least give them credit in this movie. They get to the Hulk pretty quick. Like in that first movie, it takes forever for him to become the Hulk. And I do not care about any of the characters before he becomes the Hulk. But let's, uh, like I was saying though, with this movie, like I, I felt like while watching it, you could see like there's comedy beats in the movie, but they're like they miss. They're they're like not funny or they're like ill timed. Like there's the scene at the end when he jumps out of the helicopter, and he's falling, and the idea is supposed to be he's going to turn into the Hulk before he hits the ground, and he realizes he doesn't. It's supposed to be like a comedy beat there. But it's not really a funny, and it's pretty no. generic. And then there's like the the scene where they get in the taxi cab, and it's like, oh, New York cab drivers or wherever they're supposed to be, Boston or whatever. Oh, look at they're them, they're Harlem, crazy. Yeah. And then, oh yeah, because they say like, yeah, so they're in New York, and he's like, oh, you know, and he's like a crazy Russian guy who's like offensive to women and stuff. And I was just like, oh, these are like jokes from like a '90s movie, and it's 2008. But also, you're like, oh, I can see where, like, if they re- if this movie was made now they could do like the same movie and it would be better because they would hit the beats better like that taxi driver would have like some funny dialogue where he was just an ordinary person but he'd be like a celebrity get you know what i mean <laughs> and he would be in and he'd have some bits and he'd laugh and then they get there and but like you can feel but... the whole time like the fight like the big fight scene with the the army and stuff like it's really kind of boring but you could see how they could have done it better, and the end fight scene is so long and boring. It's extremely long. But not every sequence is a complete miss. Like like I said, the very beginning, um, watching Banner outwit military professionals, watching him play this game of, of being a clever scientist on the run is really interesting. To keep with my earlier metaphor, uh, in this box of, uh, <laughs> of fortunate shapes... Um, this uh, your off-brand Lucky Charms. You've got a marshmallow there, and then you eat just the plain pieces for about fifteen minutes, and then the sequence of them fighting in the um, the university lot, which we can go into greater detail, is again kind of dry. But there's occasional moments when yeah, he's there's some using, cool stuff in it. He's using shards of metal as like as like as like sh- weapon shields, and then he kicks uh, Blonsky into a fucking tree. That's just I didn't see that coming. I didn't expect that. And I was really curious about where the movie was going to go from there. Unfortunately, they went back to the brand bits, the back to the fiber bits. I, I actually feel like after the college scenes, they were like, ooh, this movie's not boring enough. Let's throw in these really long and pointless scenes. And the, the, <clears throat> like, that, the whole part where Banner's on the run with Liv Tyler, uh, who's Betty Ross in this. Uh, yes is just really boring it's not entertain it's not interesting i don't really have any connection to these characters because this really isn't a sequel to the incredible hulk, or the hulk movie so it's like there's no real connection to these characters like i don't know that they're in love other than the fact that i i saw that first movie and i read comics so i know but like if you were just coming into this i think you'd be confused and wonder who are these people and i guess they used to be together because even in the beginning, he doesn't even have a photograph of her. They they were like fiance, I think. You know, I mean, he doesn't. I even, guess he just has a picture from a magazine. And then they're together, and there's all these like like their chemistry's fine. There's like awkward flirting, but like the scene that I thought was insane was she. They only have forty dollars cash, and she's like, "How are we gonna get somewhere?" And she's like, "Well, we can sell this." And she pulls out this necklace, which it's a fine necklace, but. 
it was like they were probably going to get like 40 bucks for it at a pawn shop. You're not going to get anywhere on $80 either. And then later, she pulls out a digital camera. And I'm like, if you had a digital camera in that, you'd probably get the same amount of money. Why didn't you just sell the digital camera? And why didn't you sell them both? I thought that was so insane when she pulled it out. And also, it reminded me that there was a point in time where people had digital cameras instead of just cell phones. And, and if you don't specifically recall uh, watching these scenes of, um, of Bruce Banner and Betty uh, traveling around... I can recommend an experience that might be similar. Just look up a YouTube video, 10 hours of Liv Tyler blinking. That's all you need, because that's about all she does in this film, and I don't blame her specifically for it. Her script, I think if you isolated her dialogue, is to just be saying, Bruce, question mark? And oh no, I think that's all she's really here to do. But everything, she probably had more dialogue, you just couldn't tell, because she's whispering everything she says. (laughs) She's a real whisperer, yeah. Like, you know that scene in Lord of the Rings where Does she still think she's an elf in this? Yeah. she needs to be? (laughs) Like, there's that scene in Lord of the Rings where he's, like, gonna die, and she's, like, off, like, in another place, and she, like, whispers. She's doing that for an entire film while she's talking to normal people. I could not believe it. I kept writing down. I was like, why is she talking so quiet? It's it's a mystery to me. Um, but but the movie really, honestly, if you wrote a Wikipedia description, it would be Bruce Banner is on the run. He comes back for a cure. It's not quite what he thought. Fight scene. Well, like the, the thing that's confusing... Not, I have not omitted a plot point that you needed. You know what I mean? Like, I haven't omitted any information from that description that would keep you from understanding this movie. You are... You just watched the Hulk. I just gave you the Hulk just now. I guess you have to include that there's an evil general and a guy going through... I, I like that Tim Roth's character's, like, arc is that he's going through a midlife crisis because he's getting too old to be a wet works guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He can't he can't shoot civilians in Iraq anymore, so now he doesn't know what he's going to do. He, he can do it, but just not as quick as he used to. Because at one point in time, he has this line, which I, I... There's a lot of lines in this movie where I just wonder, nobody did a second pass or anything, but he says, if I could... If I could put what I know now in a body 10 years younger, and it's like, you're a 45-year-old man. 35 is, like, not that much better in shape. Why wouldn't you say 20 years? I couldn't figure out why he picked... I don't want to go too far back. Like, I don't want to be in my 20s again. That was that was tough. Dating was rough. Put me at 35. It was just... And there's tons of lines like that where it feels like somebody wrote it without an understanding of who the characters were or, like, what was supposed to be going on. Like, the scene at the end that has... Tony Stark show up and he comes in and he like makes fun of Thunderbolt Ross and his reply is like you always have such nice suits and he goes touche it's like that's not that you can't he didn't insult you those were both compliments (laughs) like it made no sense it was like the person who wrote it only understood English from watching like a bunch of episodes of Friends and like that's how they learned English you can feel this was cut up because I think this is something we talked about in the previous episode or the, or the mini episode. I mean, um, which is that a lot of the a lot of the work for this movie of the, the film scenes were diced up, much to um, Edward Norton's dismay. He really wanted a longer cut that he said focused more on the character development of him and of Betty and whatnot. Which I don't know. It's hard to tell if that's something that would be good because this is already long 
and it's already kind of boring. So I don't know if a longer, less fight scene focused film would actually be better. Yeah, but um, that, that is I the don't... thing. I've heard people say they're like, "Well, his cut would have been better," and I'm like, "But I think his cut would have gone too much Ang Lee's Hulk, where there's this really boring, like I don't know." the hulk story is just condensed down to like really one thing like the hulk is a guy who when he gets angry he loses all control which is like an identifiable emotion for a lot of people you know everybody's been so angry they you know they they throw so you know you you lose control for a second it's like what if that was you became like this monster you'd have to do everything in your life like you'd have to try so hard to be measured and and stuff it's like okay that's interesting but i don't need 45 minutes of it you know what I mean? Like, and they, they always are like, oh, he doesn't like being the Hulk. And it's like, yeah, but that's one line. I, you can't build an entire movie off of a thing where it's like, a guy doesn't really like transforming into something. Because it's not like to mention why every Wolfman that, movie is boring. Right, but, but not to mention the fact that Banner is interesting in this film. I think one thing this film deserves credit for is that later Bruce Banner, the one we like, the Ruffalo Banner, <clears throat> as much as we like him, he's not really smart at least not smart in a way that's proven to the audience the way we get ruffalo's banner is that he says a bunch of science jargon out loud and everyone in the movie nods and says smart guy right yeah that's 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 all we get about ruffalo is he stands in like a laboratory with with stark and he touches a bunch of touch screens and he goes "Mm -hmm. Uh, gamma rays i'll i'll lower the threshold and i'll be able to track the pings or something and we're like oh yeah like literally while the only reason you know he's supposed to be smart in Avengers is because he's in a lab coat, and they refer to him as yes. Doctor. In, in he doesn't this really movie, do anything that like Agents of Shield aren't doing in the background. In the first chapter of this movie, we see him running tests. We see him like uh, working out, like uh, uh, reacting to his own injury and how to how to prevent that that blood from being you know uh, separated from him and the dangers of that. We see him outwit the um, the tactical team that's coming after him. You know, we see him sort of navigate from like uh, from from being nobody into like getting back into the you know America. We see Bruce Banner making intelligent calls, which is what we want out of Bruce Banner. I, and frankly, arguably, in those chunks, better than Ruffalo does, or better than Ruffalo's character does it. Yeah, I, um, I enjoyed I enjoy like the uh, Hulk TV show Banner, where it's like a guy trying to outwit the people who are trying to hunt him down, like that premise. The, the, that disappears because we get to a point where we're mostly just watching cuts of Ross talk to, as we pointed out, a guy who's upset he's getting to be middle-aged yeah. and discussing ways to beat being middle-aged. And that we get lots of that conversation and not a lot of Banner doing anything intelligent in the second half of the film. From then on, it's uh, Hulk fight sequences, Banner looking confused at Betty, and then a, a two or three more of these fight sequences, which, again, aren't intelligent. It's not cool. It's not even big. And I think that's my problem, is the fight sequence with the abomination at the end, it's not that grand of a scale. They're just sort of skipping off of like a handful of buildings. And they're just kind of parkouring over a few yeah. rooftops. Which no I... one throws no one throws a tank, you know what I mean? Like it's pretty it's pretty mild for a Hulk fight. Yeah, and I don't know if that was like special effect wise. They were like, This is the best we're ever gonna get, so Sure. But but even that is reduced, and Abomination isn't an, a more interesting version of the Hulk. He's just a different shaped version of the Hulk, yeah, and, you know? And, and this is one of the things where this is like old versions of comic book films where 
a there's a hero who has powers and then a villain gets powers and we've watched the heroes struggle to learn how to be good at their new power set and the villain gets them and instantly is like oh i i can do everything because i'm bad it's easier to learn and it's like very confusing because they show up and it's like the hulk oh the abomination's stronger than the hulk but why is he stronger than the hulk it doesn't really make any sense they're using a synthesized version of banner's blood so wouldn't he not ever be as strong as the hulk also the hulk in this movie is really small did you notice that yep but yeah he's he's basically just like Shaq. he's not that much bigger than a regular person he's more just like roided out like he looks just like a wwe star more than he looks like uh like an actual like Hulk character. He just looks like massive. somebody's filming a normal person who's been painted green in forced perspective. Like you know in yeah. the in the in the Avengers movie, he's like almost twice the size of another human being as far as like height and like definitely 3 to 4 times wider than a human being can be. This Hulk is just a guy who's just taller. His all of his proportions are the same. So he's not like really broad-shouldered. He's not like, you know, longer torso, small legs. He just looks like a not that great cgi character and i thought that was really bizarre that i don't know it that that part got to me and they, his height keeps changing in the movie if you watch it they'll show him sometimes and he looks like he's about nine feet tall and then they'll show him other times and he's like six and a half feet tall like when he's standing next to Liv tyler at the end he's maybe like two three heads taller than her and it's like oh He's not that big then, because Liv Tyler, I've seen her next to other actors. She's not that tall. Like, I've seen her in this movie. She appears to be about 5'11", at tops, you know? And that's that's stretching it. So it's just sort of weird in this movie that, like, the Hulk... I don't know, and they, they wait so long to, like, reveal his transformation. Like, the, the actually show it. Because every time you see him transform before, it's like he's in smoke the one time, he's in darkness the other time. And they do that really long transformation when he's at the weird doctor who's like for oh, some yeah. reason has that like science fiction like he's trying to create frankenstein's monster like he just has this bed in his office and it's like like could you imagine if you went into that guy's room to talk to him about like a late assignment in his like bio 101 class and you look over and you're like well what are you doing over there doc oh don't don't worry i'm just i'm saving that in case a guy i know who has radiation poisoning swings by. <laughs> i want to just give him a quick once over with this computer and and I think that's something we missed here is talking about Mr. Blue, uh, Samuel yeah. Stearns, um, who is his ally that's helping him attempt uh, to to find a cure. And then later on reveals that he's, while he is trying to help him, he's also um, unable to resist the the appeal of all this sort of gamma gamma well, he, blood yeah, and his, its potential. His thing appears to be altru- altruistic because he keeps saying, like, we'll be able to cure diseases. We'll be able to make it so humans never get sick. And all this stuff, and you're like, oh, that's like an altruistic idea. And, you know, Banner's like, no, because they'll, it'll never get to there. They're going to come and take it. But it was the other thing that got me was kind of insane is he's like, well, I've been testing on other people. I had to make some of your blood. Banner gave him half of a vial of blood. And they cut to a room that has conservatively, I don't know, 850 gallons of blood in it in these bags. I don't think you can synthesize that much blood. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't think we would need blood banks if, like, one person could give a half a vial and you could fill up a... It was just so weird. I was like, this is the best you guys could come up with to explain how he got this? I think that's the greater um, the greater scientific achievement, is that we can now just have infinite blood. Yeah, I think that guy really... I think he's missing, you know? It's one of those inventions where 
you're inventing something else and you have to build an object of convenience but this guy has solved the blood uh, shortage yeah, problem he's he shows up into like a like a, a like a medical board and was like i've invented infinite gamma blood and someone just comes over and just scratches out gamma and goes great all right this is this, <laughs> this is fantastic this Thanks is wonderful <laughs> thank you we're always oh, having a hard time getting blood <laughs> um the, the other thing is is that we get a scene that is hilarious now to watch in retrospect where we watch Samuel Stearns um, get infected with some of this gamma blood mm-hmm. and begin to transform, which what I think is supposed to make him leader. Yes. Um, I think that a, is. A, a, AKA uh, Marvel's Brainiac. <laughs> uh, the Hulk has what I would refer to as the dumbest fucking villains in comic books yeah. i mean his early run i haven't read much like his later stuff but his early villains are all too they're also all like versions of hulk like miss you know there was mr fix it which was actually like evil hulk for a while and then there's abomination which is just an abomination there's Lee like who would name themselves leader and it's just a guy who has a hulk irradiated brain like a gamma irradiated brain that makes him really smart and that sort of becomes a thing is every Hulk villain is just a version of the Hulk. So it kind of becomes just boring after a while because, you know, the whole series is about him trying to protect not letting the government get the Hulk. But then every time he turns the corner, there's a Hulk villain. But yeah, so we see that a setup for what I could only assume would be an even more boring movie. Because <laughs> who would want to watch a movie where the Hulk's like, and also an insane villain to give the Hulk. What's he? Really smart. Is is the Hulk smart? No, he's dumb as a rock. So let's pair him against a genius. And he's played by um, uh, Tim Blake Nelson. Mm-hmm. Uh, great. Can cur- really great. You can currently see him uh, per- being uh, portraying uh, Looking Glass in, in uh, the DC Watchmen show. Um, he's also in, I think, Fantastic Four, maybe somewhere. Anyway. He's in uh, one of them, I think, if I remember right. But can you? I can't remember can, which one's which though, because we watched them, you know, all four of them in a row. I can scarcely fathom what a like a like a CGI brain head Tim Blake Nelson is gonna do because, like, the the talent behind this movie didn't write a very clever script. You know what I mean? So I can't imagine that they could write a very clever villain that uh, that could somehow outwit the Hulk. And I I, I mean. It, it would be really funny for me if they somehow were able to write <laughs> this character like back into the MCU in like phase four or whatever. Oh, I'd love uh, it. I you, would really like to see it. You saw there was an article where I, I don't understand this at all. I guess they didn't own the rights to the Hulk. Oops. Because I saw an article that said they bought back the rights to the Incredible Hulk. So I don't know if it's like they only had access to Avengers Hulk, as in they couldn't make a Hulk movie. But they could put him in his... I mean, I don't know if they made a, like a different deal. So they got it back. So now I don't know if there'll be a Hulk movie. And how great would it be if they brought him back as leader? I mean, it would be insane. Since they already wasted Planet Hulk. I don't know. It seems like they, they might have an opportunity to, to do it right. If they gave it to a really weird director, you know? Like they do with most of their most of their properties. Mm-hmm. Where they're not entirely sure what to do. They just give it to someone who will do some real left field shit. <clears throat> because maybe that's what this movie is missing is um there's no point not one point maybe maybe one or two but mostly there are no points in this movie where you don't know what the next 30 minutes holds mm-hmm. it, i mean it is 
it's also like a you know like when people are like oh it's a hollywood script this is like that like there's action beats yeah. every like 15 or so minutes the movie's not you know they they throw in a love angle mid like two-thirds of the way through the movie you have one comedy beat and then you set up and it's like a lot of set pieces like every mm-hmm. fight is a set piece every location i mean the end scene when the helicopter crashes it looks like they land in a pre-bombed out building that has pillars on the outside i could not figure out where they were supposed to be that the building had pillars on the outside but it had been decimated as if it was world war ii i was really weird and it just does that it goes from one like bizarre set piece of abomination just destroying cars for a while like that's his big evil villain move he's just standing in the street breaking cars it's very weird yeah it's it's I think, I think my thes- my internal thes- thesaurus is running out for for finding words for boring. <laughs> it yeah, I mean the thing that's craziest too is like the Hulk fight scene with Abomination is not great. There's like a couple of cool parts though. Like I I still like when he takes the cop car and he breaks it in half and is like wearing them like boxing gloves. I loved it. Yeah, the Incredible I Hulk video that. game they made based off of this. That was one of my favorite things you could do in it. The old Nintendo sixty four one. Yeah, I remember that. In fact, weirdly, that video game had, like, almost the entire cast came back to voice their characters. Even, yes. like, Betty and Tim Blake Nelson Which uh, came weird. back. So um, bizarre. But, like, that's. I mean, can is... you imagine pulling in, like, Liv Tyler and, and giving her a script of being like, oh, no, Hulk, you gotta go over there for more, like, gamma pellets or whatever. Well, on the bridge, the there's an icon you need to stand on. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's really Tim Blake weird. Nelson just coming in and being like, "All right, Bruce, now look up left and look up down. Do you want me to switch your fucking inverted controls?" What you're gonna need to do is you're gonna need to travel to Main Street. Open up your map by pressing left trigger. Once there, you'll need to steal the reactor and carry it back to me here in the plains because I think that was actually a mission. But just, just, just live Tyler being like, uh, just whispering everything. Yeah. Just, just uh. Oh no, Hulk! You're gonna have to crouch to get through this obstacle. <laughs> to crouch, go ahead and press B. <laughs> yeah, I, I, the whole time during this movie, I kept writing down why, I, why is she whispering? It's, but I, yeah, that video game's great. There's a cool thing in the fight scene where, like, at the end, he's like choking him with a chain, and that's kind of interesting. And then, do you know what happened at the end of the movie? Because I'm still not sure. Did he kill that dude or not? Uh, did he kill Abomination? Yes. No, I think he specifically relents when he is just so he can be captured. Okay, um, but then he puts his foot on top of the guy's chest and then like twist, and you hear a crack sound and he roars. So I was like, did he just crush that dude's ribcage no, into his I lungs? Don't think so. I guess maybe. I'm yeah, wondering. It was very is... confusing. And now I'm spacing out in the end of this, but. D- d- does, does abomination ever turn back do we just know that no. he's like permanently he's, he's abomination? stuck like that now i guess yeah okay and i i also i saw i've seen this movie a couple of times i remember an entirely different ending where like the hulk keeps beating him up and like breaks his arms and stuff and they heal and he turns out that like the abomination's dying every like every time he heals it's killing him but that I don't know where the fuck I got that idea. That's from. way cool. That's way cooler than what and, like, happens. That's how he eventually wins. Is like the abomination's body, like his cells break apart from trying to like keep him alive. I also the the scene when those guys shoot the rocket at him and he like catches it and then slams it into his own chest. Yeah. All I could think was like, 
how great would it have been if he had done that and it just like blew up in his chest and he was like oh my god just like fell over and died <laughs> that was just the end of the movie and they're like well, oh that humorous. would be not unlike when he gets uh when he gets like kicked across the field which again is like one of the few moments in this movie i didn't see coming because he's him standing because you're wondering in the fight like okay okay tim roth you're very good at doing backflips that can't yes. possibly keep you from being killed by the hulk for too long and and right when you're like getting that thought he just gets fucking he just gets drop kicked across the universe and you're like oh all right <laughs> i do out. love too like ross is like my god he's doing it it's it, i was just like <laughs> what's he doing it's he's just jumping around the hulk he's not hurting yeah. him at all the hulk is still 100 percent okay he's accomplished Nothing. You guys gave him like a grenade launcher, and you you already know that he can handle a tank. Like I don't know what. Like, that was when, the amount of times he was like, "Get the snipers in position." It's like it's not going to work. Look, I play Total War games sometimes without doing a lot of reading on like what the enemy units are, and so when I go at an enemy unit and it just like wipes my force out, I don't just send like a, a worse unit. Like I, I I get what's happening if a tank can't defeat the hulk then you got to go up from tank because the next thing from tank isn't like a, a 43 year old black ops guy yes <laughs> who's good at cartwheels real bummed <laughs> the, but i this points out to me that i think that this is the start of where every decision thunderbolt ross makes is wrong all the way through um civil war where he sides with the government and trying to register superheroes because his first plan to get him, as they show up, they show up down in Brazil or wherever he's at. That's fine. It's not a great plan, but he gets there. His next place he decides to attack him is a university that they just let ordinary people like they don't call the university and try to empty buildings. Throughout this seed, he's running past people who are just on campus. Hundreds of people died at this university, and then, like. I just later he's he's trying to help the Hulk when he's fighting the Abomination, and the guy has like a minigun. And Thunderbolt Ross tells him to get the helicopter as close as possible to this gigantic monster. Guns go for a distance; that's why they're useful. I he like he basically almost kills himself and his daughter yeah. because he's a fucking idiot. I can't count the number of movies that went with fly the helicopter or jet as close as you can before you start shooting yes. I've, I've never understood this conceit yeah like in, coming from like a godzilla movies where the planes are like right on top of them before they start shooting i, I don't get well, it i mean coming from a country with a military industrial complex that has perfected like lobbing explosives at very far away things i don't understand why we fly expensive jets four feet from a punching man <laughs> i yes. don't get which it. you've already seen bullets don't do anything too so why be like maybe if we're closer they'll work better it's it's so crazy which is, which is another i think that's maybe a really good example of what's happening here because at this point bruce banner's cleverness rating begins to take a steep dive but so oh, yeah. does ross's like like you pointed out moments ago ross is no longer doing clever interesting things to try and catch him he's no longer formulating complex plans of how to ambush um, yes. uh, Bruce Bruce before he turns into the Hulk although they do manage to accomplish it later through just what they should have done from the beginning which is just wait till he walks by a window and trank him yes. but, um, <laughs> the one time snipers finally worked and 
I don't know if they were supposed to. Was he? Would he normally have turned into the Hulk? Was it just that cure that they gave him, which lasted for forty-two minutes or however long it needed to? Right, right. But, but, th- like that's that's the thing. It's like a, it's like watching a heist movie in which both the heisters don't have a good plan and the people they're heisting aren't watching the thing. Like it's like no, it's not fun to watch a heist movie where anyone's stupid. You yes. want to watch clev- clever, clever things t- uh, unfold in front of you. And that's the problem is that a clever character begins to falter. I mean, it was some of the problem we had with some of the earlier Batman movies. The, the world's greatest detective did the world's stupidest things. Which yeah. really takes away he degrades into not being able to notice a person's voice is the exact same as a person he just, he's been spending days with. He can't tell that they're the same person or whatever. Yeah, there's a lot of questionable things. And in this movie... Where I was like, I don't think he's a genius at all, is he decides he needs to swallow a USB drive to that has the information about the experiment that was done to him that backfired. And before he swallows it, he pulls the lid off so like the contact that goes into your computer is exposed and then swallows it. That flash drive is ruined. It's like that thing has now been sitting in stomach acid for like a day. The drive is completely worthless. Why would but you pull what the cap off? You don't off? know. It's because he took the cap off. He has downloaded all the data. Oh, he downloaded it via his internal USB port. We all have in our stomach. Yes, yes, that's correct. He's got a uh, USB port. It's a, it's a new version of USB port. And there's a cut scene where he he swallows the USB port and kind of sits there for a minute and goes, oh wait. And then he reaches in, and he takes it out, and he turns it over, and then he puts it back in because you know you got it. Before he threw up, he he had to double click his <laughs> belly button so that it was safe to remove. <laughs> you fucking asshole! <laughs> you piece of shit! I quit the podcast. You piece of shit! That was the <laughs> joke. Of all the stupid shit I say, that was the one that got you? You stupid motherfucker. <laughs> oh, fuck me. Now, I have a yeah. question uh, okay. real quick for you. Give me it. Did you catch there was a cameo? Uh, not the Lou yeah, Ferrigno. Yeah, I saw Lou... I, I saw... I was gonna say, I saw... I saw Lou Ferrigno. He was on screen for 20 minutes. And then, like, like we was like, oh, you're the best champ or something. It was like, what is going on, man? This is so, like... I, I love Lou Ferrigno, but we don't need to do this. It's really interesting. There's, like, a... It's, like, a it's like a time frame for a cameo that becomes gross. Mm-hmm. Like, where it can't... It can't be on screen, regardless of who it is, for over a certain period They can't have more weird. than three lines if they're just... Yeah. Like, it'd be like if all of a sudden Stan Lee sat down and had like a 10 minute conversation about drinking that soda you'd be like this is weird i love stan lee but this is weird but no there's another cameo of a man who would go on to be in another superhero film did you catch it it's a real as they say blink and you'll miss it a phrase i hate well there's a man at the end who shows up with an interesting facial hair i believe his name is uh anthony stark i believe he has got a, a crucial role later on in the films but i'll have to double check is that what you mean no there is a character who appears in spider-man homecoming and spider-man far from home really what yeah martin, is it martin star, star is in this movie when he after he sees lou ferrigno and he goes up to the computer lab and he turns it on and he looks over and there's that guy holding up the slice of pizza. That's fucking Martin Starr. I don't know why he's in this movie or why that character, why they wasted four seconds worth of screen time to show there's somebody else in this computer well, lab. Because it never comes up. I, I couldn't believe. I was so confused. I was like, they spent a day like 
hiring an actor, putting him in a shot, lighting giving it. him fake pizza. Yeah, and it was for what purpose? It sir, it was well, so here's, weird. Here's the interesting thing. You see, it was a big breach of 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 conduct for an employee at this secret government lab to take uh, to allow a stranger, more or less unbeknownst to him, a a a, a top secret like uh, I don't uh, think it's a top secret know, fugitive. Lab. It's just the computer lab of a college. People probably show up with pizza all the time. I don't understand why he had to like sneak in. I believe the lab. it's some kind of laboratory that that is under lock and key. But what's interesting is Martin Starr's character allows him in and allows him to access one of the laboratory's computers, which is a big breach of conduct. So big, in fact, that he is fired from his position at the university and not allowed to return to teaching at a university level. So the only thing he's capable of doing is teaching high school subjects. Which and he changes he his entire personality and becomes... <laughs> that's why he's so nervous in all the Spider-Man movies, because he's afraid of making that mistake again. I know he's really afraid of uh, yeah of, of losing his job because then then at that point he's just gonna have to go you know teach kindergarten so uh, that's how teaching works you just have to move down or yeah each time you're busted you get moved down so eventually you're out of you can't teach anymore or at, least, or at least that's how the Catholic Church does it wow, <laughs> wow not those aren't those aren't teachers man Your joke's not even factually accurate uh, sorry Pope <laughs> um so. Was that like uh, a play on my nickname, or like you're really just, apologizing just, to the Pope? Just, just apologizing. To the Pope. Hold on, let me just oh, right, hold on. Uh, note to self: uh, tell Pogues to get sorry Pope T-shirts printed. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> I don't know if you have to do a note to yourself on a thing we're recording. Sort of just doubling down on it. Well, Pogues, that's where you're wrong because at this point. 36 minutes into a podcast about the Incredible Hulk, no one is listening any longer. We can just say anything. I don't know if that's true, but let's try it. Purple monkey bath salt. If you're still listening, send us a comment with that phrase. (laughs) That secret code. Yeah, that's right. You'll get nothing. You'll get our respect for being, I guess, a masochist. So let me ask you this. Do you think there is a standalone Hulk movie that could be made? Let's say, let's say it's with Ruffalo, the Hulk everyone likes. I think the movie they could have made would have been Planet Hulk. It's a good story. They did a really good adaption yeah, you, for you the, mentioned, the cartoon. You mentioned earlier. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I think now that they've done Thor Ragnarok, they can't do it. And, right, because they basically used like a chunk of it for that. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, my problem is, is I don't... The Hulk sort of has the Superman problem, which is... He's basically, like, unkillable. And you can't keep doing the story where people are afraid of him, especially now. You know what I mean? You can't do the thing where it's like, oh, the government's after him because it's like, well, he's helped, like, 50 times to save the Earth. I, people are probably, like, giving him a little leeway now. So you can't do that story. And then you just have to be like, well, he runs across another, I guess, gamma monster and he has to fight it. And you're just like, well, this isn't particularly interesting. Because, you know what I mean? Like, when your character becomes a... I guess maybe they could do something different now that he's smart Hulk. But, like, that was always sort of the problem with the Hulk comics is, like, you can't really have a hero whose only interaction is just yelling Hulk smash. Yeah, there's not a lot. It's the same problem that if you decide to play, like, a a, a classic textbook barbarian in D&D. It sounds great on paper until you realize that every time there's any sequence where anyone has a conversation, you just have to yell about beer or punching. Yeah. And suddenly you discover that it's kind of boring. 
it's kind of it's kind of one note and there's not a lot of experimenting to do and that's where hulk is is stuck because when he stops becoming a clever character when he becomes the hulk even in this movie they don't know how to do it in the earlier scenes he is such an unrelenting force of chaos that he nearly kills lots of innocent people but by the end of the movie you know he seems to recognize that abomination is the bad thing and mm-hmm. fights it exclusively and then you know um when he's done he just leaves like in the ultimate comics for instance when the hulk is unleashed even to fight a legitimate threat they have a hard time containing him from doing so much collateral damage that he's considered to be like he's considered to be like a moving natural disaster like and 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 banner is crushed with the morality of that and none of that like none of that pain makes it into this film or any of the hulk appearances that yeah, i've seen i think the other issue is like at a certain point like that story is only interesting for a little bit because at a certain point you're just like well the movie can't end with the hulk being the bad guy you know what i mean so anytime they would do like oh he's he's torn by what what the hulk is and how it can do good but it's also dangerous you basically just end up having to be like well the hulk has to become a good guy because otherwise at the end of the movie you're like so wait is he kind of still a bad guy and that's sort of what happened with the comic when it was originally released. The Hulk is like a monster, like a straight-up monster. He attacks anybody. And he's really violent, and Banner's always scared, and the government's trying to track him down because they want to turn him into a weapon. And But you can only do that for so long. And I think movie-wise, I just don't know if you can tell that story anymore because it's so... Like, it's been repeated so many times. I just don't think there's a movie left where you could probably do it, and it would be super interesting. That The... Like you said, the Ultimates had like a more interesting idea as like Banner sort of stuck being like the equivalent of like a, a nuke, you know? Like when a situation's so out of hand, they're like, well, just drop the Hulk and he'll take care of it, but he's probably going to kill everybody else while he's there. And that's interesting, but I don't know if that would ever, that can't work as a movie now, obviously. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're beyond that. The, the, the point where we have a runway for just Hulk hulking (laughs) yeah i mean the hulk is i think definitely one of uh, the characters that you're like he's a great character but like only as a a supporting character as a member of a team that has yeah and and you can do the you can do the quick interesting stuff of like oh he loses control and now he's ran you know like they do in um age of ultron where she like mind tricks him scarlet witch and he goes insane and he's like they have to bring in the Hulk Buster to try to stop him. It's like, oh, that's an interesting twist. We get to see Hulk versus Iron Man, and you can just kind of retroactively write it out because it was like a one-off incident. But you couldn't, like, build a whole movie on that. And so, yeah, yeah. And like, like when he's the Hulk, it's not like the villain can be like, let me explain to you about my twisted past because he's just going to try to punch him. So, yeah, I just... I'd love for there to be a great Hulk movie, and I just... I think World War Hulk... Or, yeah, World War Hulk would have been it. No, Planet Hulk. World War Hulk was the terrible sequel to that story, which is really awful. But I wish they would have saved it, because I think it would have been a great movie. But we'll see what happens. Maybe they have an idea. Fair enough. Well, um, with that said, uh, I my notes have been tapped for possibly ten minutes. <laughs> really? I still had one note that I don't know why this stuck out to me. The scene where he runs out of the jungle, like, almost nude, and stops that guy in his truck, and he's like, hey, can you give me a lift? And the guy's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> like, 
no reaction at all to this like half naked man coming out. He's just like, yeah, hop on in, bro. Let's yeah, go. I, I was like, what is going on? What country is this where like white guys running out of jungles nude is just a thing that happens on the way to the fruit market? Something I forgot to actually mention as well uh, in that same general region is that uh, there is a moment where the whole TV music plays. Um, oh, yeah. Lost, he's, like, he's like watching an episode of it, I think. Is that what happens? I, I, I don't recall that it, happening. He but... might not be watching an episode of it, but there is, I'm pretty sure, a clip of uh, Bill Bixby, the guy who played David Banner ah. in the Hulk TV show. And I don't, but I think it was an episode of the old TV show. Hmm. And you notice at the end when he gets that package uh, with the ring in it, the, or the necklace, which he then decides to just put in like a regular envelope, which is a horrible way to mail an item. Uh, <laughs> it's the, the package was mailed from the pawn shop. It's to David B., so they did the David Banner. Ah, because that's you know that's how he's known in the TV show instead of Bruce. So yeah, no, yeah there, there's like a little, bunch of little, little Easter eggs. Yeah, there's a bunch of little Easter egg stuff in here, and like I said, I I feel like if you watch this movie and you spend a little bit of time, there was probably actually a decent Hulk movie in this. Probably the last standalone Hulk movie you could have done, especially now that the characters evolve so much. But it's like they're just just to the left of every decision they should make like they're adjacent to a great movie you know it's a, it's yeah. a bummer because it is not great would you recommend watching this it's weird i like i said earlier i watched um i watched this in two parts part of it was because i was doing um sort of a marvel rewatch uh in the in the um the recommended order where it follows a little bit more of the narrative chronology rather than the release schedule and sticks kind of similar films into into blocks. Um, I was watching that when I was sick with the flu over Christmas and uh, mostly doing something else. And when I got to it, I didn't immediately go, ugh, and jump past it. I watched, and like I said, at the very beginning, the first you know, third of the movie, I was, I was pretty excited to watch it. And then somewhere in the middle, I had realized that it had been playing for about 20 minutes and I hadn't been, like, like collecting any of the information from the screen <laughs> into my brain. And so at that point I realized, Oh, this movie's actually kind of weak ultimately. So I think my recommendation is no. <laughs> All right. I think my recommendation is if you're a big Marvel fan or you're like a Hulk fan and you haven't seen it, I'd say watch it, but feel free to like fast forward after the university scene because basically all that happens is they slowly show him driving to New York City and they give uh, that guy is all healed, the the 40-year-old virgin uh, <laughs> who's upset about getting old. He basically comes back and is fine and then goes insane. So that's all you really miss. You can skip a whole bunch of it. So I think that's it. Uh, if you want to come back next week, we'll talk about what movie's up next uh also i don't know if this is true but i'm just gonna throw this out there real quick we have a couple of episodes on soundcloud which say people have left comments on but they don't show up so if you're leaving comments on our soundcloud page uh try just sending them to us on facebook instagram or twitter at naos pod because for some reason it says i have a message but we can't read it so I don't know if Especially, it was just spam that got deleted or what. 
especially if those comments are things like uh help i'm being uh trapped against my will uh please help me it's podcast is the only thing i can reach if those are the kinds of uh of, of messages you're trying to leave you should ignore those oh huh. well uh i'm just stating that now in case you try to use this podcast as a way to get out the message that i have you locked in a basement i don't know what you're talking about i uh I, I enjoy being in here. I'm certainly not located at the following address in Chicago, Illinois. <laughs> All right, time to start playing the theme song over this. <laughs> That's just how we should end every episode. It's just start putting the theme song over me talking too much. Uh, or you just be like, please help, I need it. And she's like, no, 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 they're over you. That's how it should just fade out. Well, I, we now have the acoustic version of said song. Yeah, we now have a version sung by a person who doesn't know what tone or uh, keys in music are. <laughs> well, that does it for this episode. Uh, come back next week. We'll have our next movie up, and uh, we'll see you then. Have a, I guess, happy new year. This is our first official episode of uh, 2020. So, Roll that beautiful theme music.